my biggest strength is learning from the best and implementing the actions that are needed to do well. Something that always stood out to me is that there's no shame in not knowing. And a lot of us struggle with that because we're ashamed of what people may think or say about us. And I've learned to overcome that over my time with Cutco and Vector. I recall just being a nobody in this business and now I'm somebody because of the people in this company, because they took me under their wing and showed me the way. And I feel it's only right to give back to that culture that was taught to me. You are in for a treat today as we are featuring one of the most impactful sales reps in the 70 plus year history of Cutco. Danny Garrido has produced over $9 million in Cutco sales throughout his great 24 year career. He's number 28 on the all time Cutco personal sales list and he built successful sales teams in both Mission Viejo and Northridge, California. He has accomplished all of this while being married for 21 years and raising two children who are now 20 and 17. The hallmark of Danny's great career has been his strong desire to contribute to others while producing his own great results. He's one of the most significant contributors to the success of Vector's Western region. I'm excited to be able to share his story and lessons with you all here today. This is one of my all-time favorite colleagues and friends, Danny Garrido. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited today to have one of my favorite people in the Cutco Vector business as my guest. It is Danny Garrido. Danny started in the Cutco Vector business in December of 1998. Wow, man, it's been 24 great years of impacting our organization and our Western Region team. Danny ran a branch in 2000. He has had two separate stints as a district manager during which he was highly successful, produced many millions of dollars in Cutco sales from his management experience. He committed full-time to the Cutco sales professional role for the year 2014, sold about 200,000 that year, has grown it to over 600,000 last year in 2021. He'll be around that same number this year. He is 19th in the nation in Cutco sales. 
for 2022 as we record. He has produced over $4.3 million in career personal sales, which places him number 28 all time. And when you add up his management sales, Danny Garrido has produced over $9 million in business here in the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. And I can truly say that he has been one of the most impactful people in the history of the Western region. So Danny Garrido, I am so fired up to have you as a guest today. Welcome to the podcast. Dan, I'm super excited. Thank you so much. Feel super blessed and honored. Let's get it going. Let's do it. You have been one of the top performing CSPs, as I referenced in all of Cutco. And I think a lot of people who know you would say you're a shining example as a husband and a father. Tell us a little bit about your family to start. Yeah. So most people don't know this, but like Michelle and I, we've actually been married now for about like 21 years. Uh, we've actually been together for 27 years. Wow. And uh, we actually met at Glendale Community College. She actually was a volleyball basketball player. I played football. And uh, interesting fact is we actually didn't want to date because we didn't want to ruin our friendship. <laughs> but, uh, but it all worked out for the best. And uh, we've been happily together for 27 years. So far, so good, um, which has been great. Daniel, currently, my son is 20 years old. Uh, he's a junior at a Hushins College in downtown LA pursuing acting and also deciding to maybe get into some production. And I got to say that kid's living his best life, <laughs> being a student in downtown LA. Uh, you can only imagine the great stories we hear. <laughs> and then Mia, I'm super excited for Mia because uh, she's 17. And this is her senior year in high school. She, she goes to Village Christian. And if you guys have seen some of the posts I put, uh, Mia is the, the, the super busy, active student that she is, but she plays uh, multiple sports. She's currently right now on the varsity basketball team. And, and this is recently, Dan, I don't think you even know this. About two weeks ago, she decided, I want to play soccer too. Nice. And I'm like, wait, they're at the same time. She's like, I could do it. So she talked to the basketball coach, talked to the soccer coach. And now this past week, she had two basketball games, one soccer game. I'm like, oh man, but you know, it's a senior year. And I'm like, you know what, girl, you can do it. Let's go for it. <laughs> that is amazing. Very cool. And Danny, where were you at in the business when you got married? So I got married in uh, April of 2001. Okay. So at the, at the time I was a district manager in Mission Viejo. Yeah. Yeah. So about two and a half years into the business. Yeah. And about one year into being a district manager. Mm -hmm. And then how about when you had Daniel and when you had Mia? Yeah. So Daniel was born in October of 2002. And uh, we were living in uh, Rancho Santa Margarita. I was a district manager for Mission Viejo uh, about three, half, four years in. And uh, that happened to be one of our, uh, one of our greatest years ever there, actually. And then uh, Mia was born in uh, July of 05, of course, SC1, right? Well, we were still living in Rancho uh, Santa Margarita and I'm still running the district office. And that's about six and a half years into the biz. Yeah. And so you were, yeah, you were a district manager in Mission Viejo for both of the, the birth of both of your children. You guys moved down to Orange County during that time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So let's rewind this back to 1998 and tell us a little bit about how you got started selling Cutco. <laughs> yeah. So at that time, 
you know, I was a college student. I think I was 23 at the time. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I think as most young adults, you know, just go through life. Right. But what I did know is I needed a job. (laughs) I had a girlfriend, Michelle, and had this other amazing person in my life called my mom. And I wanted to make sure they weren't mad at me during Christmas. And I wanted to make sure I had enough money to buy both of them a gift. And so I've still wanted money for school, tuitions and books and things of that nature. And prior to getting the Cutco job, I actually coached high school football. And uh, if you all know me, I'm a big football fanatic. I was coaching at San Francis High School. My defensive back coach in college gave me a job there. And uh, I'll tell you this, coaching, if you've ever coached, beautiful, amazing, a lot of fun. Pay, not so much. Didn't get paid very well to coach. But it was fun, but I knew that wasn't going to be something that was going to be sustainable or good for me. So my buddy said, hey, man, you should come work at UPS. And I'm like, heck yeah, UPS. And instantly I was like, I'm going to be a driver for UPS. They make great money. I'll put on the brown suit. We're good to go. Well, that's not how it started. I got the job as a loader. If you've (laughs) ever worked at UPS as a loader, it is the most labor-intensive job that you can do for three to four hours. It is physically demanding on your body. And what I remember about working at UPS was one, it was not fun (laughs) because I disliked my supervisor. And I had to memorize all these zip codes for a specific truck. And he would intentionally salt me. And what salting is, throw a package that doesn't belong in your truck to make sure you're checking all the zip codes. But I was so worried about getting behind, I just scanned all the packages and just started building a wall. And then he would tear down my wall and make it do it all over again. (laughs) So um, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, we didn't get along. I wanted a different position. He says, you can be a sorter. Well, a sorter, they stay up top and they just shoot all the packages down to the truck. Well, if you're going to be a sorter, you had to literally dance a page of zip codes you had to memorize. And I'm like, well, if I can't even get my own truck zip codes, how can I do that? He's like, well, you could be a driver. I'm like, sweet. That's what I came here for. When do I start training? He goes, well, fill out this form. It's a seven-year waiting list. (laughs) And I remember looking at this truck like, am I going to really sit here and load this truck for the next seven years to be a driver? I was like, heck nah, I quit. (laughs) So I was like, I'm out of there. I got the Cutco job because Michelle, she was actually looking through the uh, college newspaper back in the day when we recruited people off college papers, people nowadays, no, but it was called the Sundial, uh, Cal State Northridge. And she saw the job and the ad and she's like, hey, check this out. And uh, I think back then the base pay was $12.25 per appointment. And I was like, man, that's double or maybe, yeah, double what I'm making. It was like $6.75 an hour. I think I got paid or $6.50, right? Back in the day. And so this was like, oh my God, this is amazing. What was interesting about my process was I made the phone call. Can you come in today for a three o'clock appointment? Absolutely. I didn't leave school, which means I wasn't dressed for an interview. I showed up with jeans, Timberlands, a white t-shirt and a blue sweater to my interview. I don't know why Larry Pollock kept me, but I remember walking in and everybody was dressed and I was like, oh my God, what did I just do to myself? And people kind of staring at me like, what the hell are you doing here? I just sat down, a film application and Larry Pollock And those of you who are old school, this is like a mountain of a man. Um, (laughs) Yes. He's a big dude. And I didn't know this, but he was a bodybuilder slash physique bodybuilder. So he looked like at any moment he was going to turn green and be an incredible Hulk because he was just a big dude. And I was super intimidated. I remember him staring at me, looking at me like, "Uh," and then he just, you know, went on. 
But here's what I, you know, I went through the interview process. And, and the one thing that I love, not just about Larry, but what I loved about Cutco and Vector is that they gave me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they gave me an opportunity to prove myself, not just to him, but to me, and that I can do that. And that's one thing I love about this company is that they give you what you need, and then you have to make it work. And so far, so good, right? And, yeah. Uh, here I am today. Outstanding. Yeah. So. Tell us about some of the early experiences and lessons you had working with Larry and starting with sales. Oh, I can tell you he was very competitive. And so was I. And what was interesting about Larry, he knew I had a football background, so he knew exactly what buttons to push. And that was my competitive side of, I think he had a quote, like, if you win all the trophies, you get all the money or something like that, right? But as I progressed in the business, a part of me was like, I didn't, I didn't want to ask questions and I changed that you know, over my time. But the, something that always stood out to me is that there's no shame in not knowing. And I think that's important because I see this in my son and daughter. And I see this in a lot of people, even professionals. And a lot of us struggle with that because we're ashamed of what people may think or say about us. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to overcome that over my time with Cutco and Vector. And I have no shame. I don't care who you are. I'm going to ask you until you are tired of listening and answering my questions because I want to get to where you're at. And a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And what I learned also is that there's people out there that actually want to share and they're willing to share if you're willing to ask. And so don't ever feel ashamed about not knowing. I always tell people, you know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, hard work, man. Larry. He was the hammer and I was the nail, right? So he was always, you know, hardworking. And I, I love that about him. He was up early in the gym, in the office, running interviews. And I saw those things. And he was a great example of what hard work looks like. And I, I to this day, I work hard every day. And um, he was also a great example of doing the little things that matter, right? And one of the little things that matter, at least to me, is showing up, like physically showing up and doing what you're supposed to do, making your 10, 15, 20 calls a day, following back up with people, right? You know, following the script. Oh my God, <laughs> scripts are important. And I can tell you that like, yeah, I'm gonna, I remember thinking, I'm going to do it this way. And that way obviously it didn't work. And Larry was like, Danny, read the script. And then I remember reading the script over and over and over again, and then it would work. And then I would just add a little flavor of me into it to make it more me. But I can tell you that to this day, I do scripts. My kids make fun of me when I'm role-playing in the car. And my son and my daughter are like, dad, how long have you been with Cutco? 18 years? Don't you know it by now? Right? But I'm still always role-playing my phone scripts, my CGC scripts, my, my fair and show scripts all the time. And I think the other thing that really stand out to me is just uh, one of the things that I love to share with people is what I call your crew. And that's the people that you surround yourself with right? The people that have your back, the people that help you grow, right? Your circle of influence. And I remember hearing a podcast, it might even be you, Dan, or or somebody, but it was something to the effect of, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your world. And that really hit hard to me because I was like, who am I? And who am I surrounding myself with? Mm -hmm. And that has been something that has been with me forever. And Larry would always tell me, hey, Sometimes you got to get rid of some friends. And yeah. I remember like, okay, 
I got to do that and surround yourself with the right type of people. And I still carry that till this day. And I also teach that to my son and daughter because that is really important, at least to me. Who have been some of the key people in your crew over the years? Oh, man. Well, let's put it this way. This, this company is amazing. And, and there are a lot of great people from executives all the way down. But I would have to say that some of the most impactful people for me, you know, Leah Eliopoulos, Michael Lamaster, those guys, when I came back into being a rep, really influenced me a lot. Kareem Altawanzi, I mean, I love that guy. He's been a huge impact on me. And uh, over the last several years, it's, it's been uh, uh, Brandon Brown and Deanna Scortino and, and Chuck Thomas too, by the way, you know, just asking him how marketing and all that. My wife, Michelle, has been a huge impact, but I, I would say that is my core. And, uh, and then, you know, Kevin Donahue, my, my new DVM, I don't say new, but he, he's been impactful from a different perspective as well. And then, um, you know, I have some friends outside the business that have really helped me out as well. But my Cutco people, that, that's my crew right there, man. Like, uh, those are my ride or die. Those are what I would say my day ones. Yeah, that's a pretty great crew to have. You know, I feel very blessed to have been able to work closely with the people you just listed for a lot of years here. And it's, uh, it's great to have people like that around for sure. So you sold for your first year or so. You, I guess, got into management at some, some level with Larry. You became a branch manager. And then you went down to Mission Viejo to become a district manager. You were there from 2000 to 2005. And you really did well. Danny, your top performance as a district manager was $750,000 in sales for the year. That was a long time ago, all right? I mean, relative to standards today, that would (laughs) easily be a million-dollar type performance uh, by today's standards. What do you feel you learned about leadership during those years as a district manager? I learned a lot about myself, I would say. But, you know, being a leader, I remember this quote or maybe it was a phrase or saying that the rate of the leader determines the pact, right? And I remember like, I want to be someone that they want to, you know, follow and not so much admire, but just like, hey, I want to go to work for that guy. I want to go to battle for that guy. And I remember just kind of just going into that summer as a branch in a district, like, hey, you know, working hard. And I wanted my people, Dan, to succeed at the highest level, like I did. And I believed, and I'll, this is the honest truth, I believed more in my reps than they believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is sometimes in life, you need that person. And Larry was that person for me. Ed Reed was that person for me because I was a nobody, but they believed in me. And it was my turn now to share with these other people out in Mission Viejo. And here's the thing, being a leader is not so much just like always, you know, yes, we're going to talk and communicate with people. But in my eyes, being a leader is physically taking someone and physically walking them through the process of what it takes to do this job and what it takes to do well. And I remember taking my reps and just step by step, like, let's have a meeting one-on-one. Here's the calendar, right? Here's your 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. schedule for Monday all the way through Sunday. Here's when you're going to make phone calls. Here's when you're going to do appointments. Here's when you're going to eat. Here's when you're going to spend time with your family. Here's when you're going to work out. Here's when you can spend with your girlfriend. Like literally just break everything down. And it was so cool to see their eyes like, whoa, I could do all of this mm-hmm. and have a great success. And what's interesting now, just a few days ago, random picture showed up on Facebook and I sent it to you know some of my top assistant managers 
you should have seen the text messages that came back about what they've learned, what they gain and what they're doing now in life. It was very emotional. I was like, oh my God, right? I'll never forget that moment. And I remember those reps being in my office. And that's what I loved, you know, about being a leader is just helping people grow and develop themselves to either be here or to do something great down the road in the future. We had some great reps, man. I mean, Mission Viejo SC1, I think we did like 125. I remember, I remember scaring Wes Goddard like to death, like, oh, he might beat us. Uh, that, was a, that, was, that was a fun countdown. SC2, Larry and I had a big bet and he ended up beating me. We only did like 90, he did like 92 grand, but I was like, dang, but it was so much fun just seeing my people on stage and, and the joy that brought in. It wasn't so much about the money they made, but the journey they were on and the, you know, what they learned about themselves through this 14-day contest and sacrificing to be greater for the greater good, if you will. So there's a lot of individuals who need to be led. I felt it was my job to show them just like I was taught. Yeah. I feel like that's the essence of why many people are motivated to be in a leadership role, particularly in Vector, is just that opportunity to impact so many other people, much the same way we were impacted, as you said, that you were impacted by people like Larry Pollack. You mentioned Ed Reed. I got to ask you about Ed and just what role he's played during these years for you. Oh my God, Ed Reed, the, the legend, man. As most of you guys know, the sharpener's named after Ed, you know, and I remember meeting Ed for the first time and he's legally blind. So I remember walking in the office and he had this big magnifying glass. I'm like, what's going on here? And he explained to me his whole, you know, health issue and all that. But this is a man that never let on about anything negative and just did what he could with what he had. And he had such great energy and such great spirit. Like you just... You just wanted to be around that guy all the time. And there were some lessons. I remember Ed telling me a quote or phrase. He said, you know, Danny, he said, he said, you can have a bad day. You can have a bad week. Matter of fact, you can have a bad two weeks, but you can never have a bad month as long as you consistently continue to work. And I can tell you to this day, so true. Mm. So true, right? He says, he would tell me, Danny, how long are you going to sit in that worry chair? You got to get out of that worry chair. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I, and I hate it when he would tell me that. Right? Or, or he would say this. He would say, hey, are your actions matching your goals right now? Oh, right? And I would just go. Right? And I just never wanted to let that guy down. And uh, he was such a big influence and really teaching me how, you know, how to service people. And you know, he was just amazing. Uh, yeah. You know. And you, could, you couldn't argue with him. You couldn't have complaints with no. him. I mean, here was a guy that had like, He's legally blind, as you said, but besides that, had all sorts of other major, major health challenges, had every reason to complain, mm-hmm. right, about all the stuff that he had to deal with in his yeah. life that, that in many ways wasn't fair, but he didn't. Nope. He didn't. He just had this great mindset. He had this great spirit. Yep. And, and, you know, and being around guys like that, there's so many valuable lessons that you pick up and learn that I think help us navigate the challenges of life much more easily. I agree. I think he came up with the phrase, no excuses. Yeah. He probably has a patent on that one right there. Mm. So you were in Mission Viejo for a while. You went into selling for three years. And then you redeployed as a district manager in Northridge. How did all this unfold here? Yeah. Interesting story. I, I mean, I was a rep, obviously, back in the field. And I was just seeing, you know, the growth and the development of the company and also the management side. And I was seeing people getting promoted to being a district. And I was like, okay, he did this. She did that. And I just felt like, you know, I think I could do that again. 
And I remember my, my division manager coming to me like, hey, what do you think? And I remember approaching him like, well, tell me what this comp looks like and that comp and some of the benefits and some of the perks. But I'll tell you, Dan, like, honestly, I just saw an opportunity not just to run a business, but just to teach people again. Mm-hmm. That's something that's always been close to my heart, you know, is just teaching and educating people. Because again, I want to give what I was given. Right. And my goal was to obviously, you know, do it at a different level, at a high level. And, you know, I, I joined being a district manager because again, I just love watching people grow and succeed. And they have some pretty cool perks, man. I'm not going to lie. Some pretty cool incentives, some pretty cool things that were very enticing. And, um, and I'm glad I did it because my second time around, I got to impact people at a higher level that I've ever, that I never had previously. Cause I was, I felt a little more seasoned, if you will. And I was able to impact my sister-in-law who now is an amazing chiropractor in New York city. And going to run a business. She wants to open up her own chiropractic practices. And like I said earlier, the text message I said to some of my former assistant managers, hearing what they had to say, they were part of that second round. And I feel very honored about that. And I feel very fortunate that they allowed me to be there. Be there for yeah. Me. And you had the opportunity to be in Northridge at this point. Did you move back to the Valley at this point? I did. I moved back from Mission Viejo back to North Hollywood where my in-laws were at. And my office was the same building that I started in and grew up in. It was very nostalgic. It was awesome. And I was like, oh man, this is where it all started, people. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great run. Yeah. And, and then eventually you decided to settle back into the CSP role. Why do you feel the uh, Cutco sales professional role was the best fit for you and your family? Yeah, I feel like the CSP role definitely fit me best just because obviously being a a husband and a father, in my opinion, and at that time in my life, my kids were young and it just allowed me to, the opportunity to focus on me, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously being a leader, you you have to lead others and there's certain responsibilities there. But this point in my life, it was important for me to be responsible for me, which was my business and my growth to be a top performer, which inevitably helped my family as well. Right. Right. And um, I was able to produce at a high level and still be at Daniel and Mia's events at school. You know, like there's just a lot of events that kids go through that I didn't want to, uh, to miss. And uh, I know that there's parents out there where like, hey, maybe they're single parents or whatever the case may be. They got to do what they got to do. And there's a lot of respect for that. But I felt blessed that I was given an opportunity to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take advantage of that. And I remember Mike Reed sharing a story about his dad, Ed Reed, about my dad made every basketball game or every event. I remember, I think he said this from the stage and I remember hitting, that hit me like, I want that. I want that. I want to be part of that. And so it allowed me to spend more time with Michelle and that was really good, you know, for our family and allowed her to go back to school actually too. She went back to school and got a, you know, certification and it was great. But I honestly say that without my management career experience, I would not be the rep I am today, straight up. Because Mm -hmm. I will tell you that my management experience taught me so much about running a business, right? And that is what I do today, every day. This is what all my assistants do now, right? They saw me do it and now they're doing it, right? And I would encourage anyone that's listening to this or anyone that's in Cutco Vector to aspire to be an assistant manager and a branch manager and a district manager, because I can tell you it is going to massively impact your life 
for your future in a lot of positive ways. And the number one thing is you're going to learn about yourself. And anyone I run into, that's what I tell them, go run an office. It is the best experience. And I love the fact that all my assistants that I've ever worked with did it and they're all doing well in life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's just so much that we gain from like the branch manager experience, the district manager experience, whether somebody makes it a career like I did or decides to take it into selling or they decide to take it somewhere else. As you said, there's so many things we learn about running a business, things we learn about ourselves. If you look at a lot of the up and coming, the best up and coming sales professionals in the Western region now, virtually all of them at least ran a branch office as they were coming up the, coming up the ladder. And uh, there definitely are, are a lot of valuable insights that are gained from that. And then, as you said, like you were able to have that singular focus on your own business and your own goals. As a district manager, you have a lot of people to answer to. You have a lot of people that are counting on you. And it does require more of someone, particularly in the early stages. And you have to be able to have a lot of development that enables delegation to be able to kind of circle back around to having that sort of lifestyle choice that you described that you wanted from being a Cutco sales professional. And as a CSP, you could have that right out of the gate pretty much, right? I mean, it took you a couple of years to build it up to the kind of income that probably you really wanted, but you were able to build that li- that really nice lifestyle through the CSP role. And it's been great to see. Yes. So you sold about $200,000 in 2014. That was your first full year back as a CSP. I know you transitioned to the CSP role sometime during 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, but so 2014 was your first full year back as a CSP, $200,000 in sales. And then you've grown from there pretty much every single year. I mean, small little blip in 2020 where you almost got to your previous year sales. I mean, you only missed it by like 20,000. <laughs> so really amazing growth you've had. And from 200,000 up to over 600,000 in 2021, what do you feel like are some of your greatest strengths as a Cutco sales professional, Danny? Yeah, you know, I would say my biggest strength is learning from the best and implementing the actions that are needed to do well. Like I stated earlier, I'm over feeling ashamed, right? And now I'm all about abundance of knowledge and growth and being on the journey. And I think the biggest word that was taught to me is be curious, right? Curiosity, like how did that happen? Not like, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. No, I'm like, okay, teach me, right? And so I've learned to increase my skill set by role-playing by myself, listening to audios, talking to people, being part of a mastermind group, asking questions. Again, like I said, just being curious. Sometimes I meet random people and they seem very successful. I get to know them. Hey, man, I'm just curious. How did you get to this level? Like, that's my straight-up question. And it's great learning how to become better at marketing. I was not good at that, but reaching out to people like, how do you do a flash sale? Oh, okay. That's how you do that. <laughs> Got it. Right. I was afraid to buy a database. And Kareem was like, you're a knucklehead if you don't. Like, here's what the database is going to do for you. Right. So having a database was was part of running a business. You know, having a a, a daily and, and and weekly focus and habits, right? Hiring in an assistant. 
my strengths are just adopting what other people have done to be successful and trying to implement it and do it at the same level or if not better. Yeah. You strike me, Danny, as somebody who's really consistent in what you do. What are some of the daily or weekly habits that you feel are most important? I'm on the phones every day. My goal is to make at least 25 phone calls a day. It's to check at least 10 emails. If I tell you I'm going to follow up with you, I put it in my phone as a note reminder and I will call and follow up with you. A lot of the people that I work with in my business, especially on the realtor side, as you know, I saw a lot of realtors and lenders. They're like, man, you're like the king of follow-up. And I laugh and I'm like, I appreciate that. And some people ask me, how do you do that? And I go, this phone right here, you see your name? I know when to call you. And they laugh. (laughs) I'm like, that's it, man. You told me to call you in two weeks. I put it in my phone. If you don't answer, I move it to the next day until you answer. And they just laugh. But that's what I do. Because if I don't do that, then I'm not providing the service that I told them I would. They're going to go somewhere else. And that's the worst feeling for me is not providing service. Because if I said, you're strong as your word, right? But if you're not doing it, then who are you? Nobody. And I, I, don't, I don't want to be known as that guy. And I've learned from my mistakes, by the way. So it was always and always the case. But making my, my daily routines that lead to weekly you know, routines. Other things I do too is I reach out. You know, I Marco Polo, one of my good friends, Vonnie Fast in Canada. I'll say, hey, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, or I had a question. She'll Marco Polo me back. Here's what I think you should do, or here's what I've done. Let me know what you think, right? So those are the things that I try to do on a weekly basis. I'm just always reaching out. And some of the people you mentioned earlier, Deanna, Brandon, Chuck, Leah, like those people I I talk to quite a bit and I make it a habit to talk to them at least once every two to three weeks. Yeah. And it really ties into the aspect of learning from the best and implementing the best practices that the top people are are doing and that you've always had that willingness. And, And that you mentioned that, as a lesson from your early days with Larry back in 98, 99 is, you know, no shame and not knowing, yep. right? You're always willing to learn from others. And you talked about doing role play and practicing. This is something I feel like is a hallmark of several of, of your crew that you described. I mean, Brandon, for example, mm-hmm. like is just so polished with everything that he does. And, and you can tell that like he's practiced it dozens, if not hundreds of times to develop that polish. It's not just that he's good off the cuff. He's worked on his craft and you're doing that all the time as well. And everything that you just described about becoming great in this business is stuff that is duplicatable by anyone who's listening. That's what I love about what you're sharing here, Danny, right? Is there's no like rocket science here. Like this is totally a duplicatable system for becoming great at this business or at any business, the things that you're describing? 100%. 100%. And I'll share with you like a story about my sister-in-law, Diana, who's now in New York, when she was a manager and a rep, she was out there taking lessons and classes and things of that nature to become a better chiropractor, but actually learning how to answer phones, how to create advertisement, how to market, what to say in an interview, how to pitch a package for $3,000. And she would call me down and go, Danny, I did this today. Remember when you taught me this? Or remember when I did, we do OCIs too, on-campus interview. Like, oh my God, right? But anybody can do it. And that's the beauty about this, this program and this business. Yeah, I love it. Great stuff. Now, I also want to shout you out for something, Danny, because you are not just one of the top salespeople in the history of the company and particularly in the history of the Western region, but you're also someone who has had a consistent 
positive influence throughout your division and throughout the region. I would run out of fingers and toes if I was going to try to count how many times I've heard a story of you calling a rep to support them. Somebody randomly in another division someplace, attending an event and speaking, sharing your wisdom with others, willingly giving back, so to speak. All of these things are a part of who you are. And um, I wonder, Danny, if you can explain why this is important to you. Yeah, I would say it's important to me because I recall just being a nobody, maybe in life, yeah, I guess, in in this business. and, And now I'm somebody because of the people in this company, because they took me under their wing and showed me the way. And I feel it's only right to give back to that culture that was taught to me, right? Paying it forward. I can remember my first kickoff conference, Vince Zapata, who's an awesome friend of mine, like, hey, you're doing really good, man. They've called your name three different times. You're going to do really well. And just, just hearing that from a nobody made me feel like a somebody. I don't even know who that guy is. But to this day, we're really good friends. And we have many father conversations now. But th- that impacted me. And I want to do that for someone else because I, like him, needed to hear that in my life at that moment. And I think that a lot of people need that. And that's why it's important to me to do that. I enjoy sharing and teaching. It really is a beautiful thing to be a part of. And and I love when people come to me and say, hey, Danny, I I might not recognize their face or who know who they are, but hey, you said this at a conference or you said this on a Zoom call or I was listening to a group of people and you said this or you taught me that and it really helped me out. And I love that. I love hearing those things because that was me. I was that rep 24 years ago. I was that guy or that girl, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, there's two things that come to my mind when I think about this. I think about the idea that the teacher learns more than the student. And by always being willing to teach and share, you're reminding yourself of all of the concepts that are most important to you. You're internalizing them so they're truly a part of who you are. And then I also just think about that the feeling of impact that you can have when you help other people is something that you can't you can't buy that you can't just go out and work to have that like it's something you have to to be very intentional about in life and i do feel like there are plenty of cutco sales professionals out there whose main goal is to sell as much as they can and earn as much as they can and that's it And that's perfectly fine. I mean, there's no obligation to go beyond that, but your willingness to go beyond that is something that probably has provided rewards to you that other people, intangible rewards that other people will never get. And those are things you're going to remember for your life. Those are things that are going to really make you feel good about who you are for a long, a long time. And those are things that are going to build amazing relationships as well and create this just legacy of who you are that I think is just so powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You've done an awesome job as a sales leader. You've, as I mentioned, uh, uh, everybody that knows you feels like you're a great example as a family man. How are you balancing work and family these days now that your kids are a little bit older? Yeah, great question. Honestly, Dan, I feel like I'm still doing the same things like in the past. And what I mean by that is Michelle and I will have our 
CEO meeting, if you will, right? We review the, we still have to review the calendar and what's coming up, right? And so walking through the calendar on a weekly, monthly basis. So I'm aware of events that the kids have coming up, simultaneously being aware of work events that are coming up, right? And so still planning ahead so that things run smoothly is very key to our success, right? Avoiding any hiccups. And um, it just it just allows me to have like a, a roadmap, a vision of what's coming up so that I can execute at the highest level. So, if, you know, I remember one year, Daniel decided to play um, football and I was super excited, but it was during the LA County Fair, which is one of our biggest opportunities, but I committed to not working every Friday. And that was a plan that I went in. I worked Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday. That was it. And I was, but it allowed me like, okay, you're missing a day. You got to really increase your skill set. Oddly enough, I had my best fair and show season ever at the LA fair because I knew going into it, I'm missing this day. I got to really increase my skill sets on the other days that I'm there. Right. And so that really has helped me out. But as the kids are getting older and I'm getting older, my kids are becoming busier. I'm sure you can relate to this as your kids are getting a little older and they start to take on a life of their own or lives of their own. And I'm able to do a little bit more at this point for the business a little bit because dad's not needed as much, right? I don't need to be at every event because they're hanging out with their friends now, you know? So I will tell you that I just, I just really appreciate having the freedom to manage my schedule in order to make those events when needed. And it's not always been easy and doable. There has been some sacrifices as the kids were younger, but it was so worth it because they can say dad was there, you know, and he still produced at the highest level he could. And that was really important to me to be present. So nowadays I can do a little bit more. And once Mia goes off to college, we'll we'll be empty nesters and business will grow and a little more travel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Daniel has sold Cutco. He did. Right. Yeah. What about Mia? Is she going to sell? Oh man. I I said, Mia, you're going to sell. She's like, "Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll we'll see. My sister-in-laws and her aunts, uh, they sold Cutco. So I'm, I'm trying to Nudge them, hey, get her at least one summer, right? <laughs> Just so she can say she did it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm sure she'll listen to this. And uh, Mia, we'd love to have you on the team for a little while. Danny, as you uh, look ahead into the future, what uh, are you most excited about? I'm excited about my growth and my journey I'm on right now. I feel that I have not arrived by no means necessary. I still, I still want to learn, Dan. You know, I still want to be curious about how I can serve others and, and my clients. I still want to implement, you know, new ideas that allow me to grow because it has allowed other people to grow. And, and I want to implement that. I, I want to share those things with people. You know, I think sharing our gifting program, which is something I'm very passionate about with realtors and mortgage brokers in, in, in their community, uh, how we can help them deepen their relationships and stay top of mind with their clients. I'm really excited about that. And it's really cool to see them go through this process. Like, wow, we can use Cutco to yeah, so they don't forget about you. Like, I'm excited about sharing those things and increasing my stage presence and my communication, the words I use from stage. I'm excited about the 700, the 800, the 900, the million dollar year. Like, I know that's going to happen for me. And I'm excited about those jumps in, um, in business and working smarter, not necessarily harder, but just implementing better systems allow me to leverage, you know, those systems to allow myself to grow. And, uh, you know, new systems are always coming out in our business, either through Cutco or Vector or people in our industry. I'm excited about now. I'm really excited about investments, talking to Brandon Brown, right? 
And my buddy, Eric, he's been teaching me about investments and properties. I'm like, ooh, this is cool. And I see all these realtors and lenders do it. I'm like, I could do it. I'm excited about travel. And, you know, I'm excited about time with Michelle and no kids. And we get to do our own thing, you know. My kids are going to live their lives and they're always going to be part of us. But, you know, her and I getting some time now is going to be pretty cool. So, yeah, man, I'm excited about going to different stadiums and watching football games now. I don't have to worry about the kids. I can, I can go to New York and watch the Giants play or I can you know, go somewhere, you know, watch a game and, you know, that'll be fun. So I'm excited about a lot of things in the future. I'm excited about going to see you, Dan, and uh, get to see the Niners when we play the Rams. I love our time together. I'm excited about those things. So I'm looking forward to a lot of great things in the next several years. Yeah. And you know what? We could very well see a New York Giants, San Francisco 49ers playoff game in January. It's it's shaping up that that could be a distinct possibility. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Danny, it's been fun to have a, a front row seat to all of your success. As I've mentioned, you know, several times here, you haven't just been great as a salesperson, but you've been truly impactful on our entire organization. Your years as a manager was a big part of that. But your the the feelings you got about being a leader when you were a manager. I feel like has really carried over into your CSP career and you've continued being a leader as a CSP and helping other people. It's great to see that because that culture has spread throughout the Western region. And there's a lot of people besides you in our region who are top flight salespeople who spend a a good amount of their time helping others as well. And uh, it makes a big difference. It really helps build a, a great team and you've been instrumental in helping to create that culture. I'm really grateful for that. And I'm glad that uh, we could finally get together and get you featured here on Changing Lives, Selling Knives because uh, you really deserve it, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you and just bless you. And thank you for all you've done for me and my family. And you've been a massive impact on me and love spending time with you and your family. You're, you're amazing, brother. Thank you. Fantastic. Garrido, everybody. I think you can see why I love that guy and why so many other people love that guy as well. Love the initial lesson about no shame and not knowing and developing the humility to ask questions, the desire to learn and grow. I think that that at at our core, that's one of the most important keys to success in all aspects of life is that willingness and desire for learning and growth that Danny developed early on. He also learned about following the program and he developed a habit of role-playing. And when I try to summarize that, I would say that Danny learned about systems, that systems help create success. And that has applied across his entire career. And he's always worked at mastering those systems. The message about having your crew and the group of people that Danny spends most of his time around think is insightful and is always worth considering wherever you are in your life, thinking about who is your crew right now? Who do you want to be in your crew? How can you spend more time around some of the people who you can learn the most from and adopt the strongest beliefs from? And then of course, Danny has always been willing to give back. He said this and it was profound. He said, I'm somebody because of others, right? Every single one of us who have reached success have stood on the shoulders of others who have helped us. And what that means is that the world needs people to lift others up. 
And we should all aspire to be one of those people, regardless of what position we're in, whether you're a manager or a salesperson or you're outside of the Cutco Vector business, how can you give back to others? How can you inspire others? How can you help other people grow? That is going to be one of the most rewarding experiences of your entire life when you look back in the years to come. Hope you enjoyed this today with Danny Garrido, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 